You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 196, side A. Hey, Greg, hit him with a little broken mirror. Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. Guys, this is a side A episode, which means we're going to talk about things like pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever caught our eye. My name is Poopsalot Bear. Howdy ho! And I'm joined by Dead Drifters in the Crawl Space Bear. Uh... <laughs> Don't know who that could possibly be. It's the other guy. That's oh, bad decision bear. Yeah, that's uh, bad decision bear. Will not be here this evening. Uh, he got kicked in the scrotum by an amorous mule. Oh, yeah. So he's not here. That is our third host. He was uh, he was sneaking up behind the mule, wasn't he? Well, you know, mule hooves and bear scrotum doesn't really go together very well <laughs> this week we're gonna talk speaking about... of so actually speaking of bear oh. scrotum we actually have a bear in my neighborhood right now oh do you i don't know if it has i don't know if it's a boy bear and it has a scrotum but do bears have scrotums did that's really where bad decision bear is isn't it he's yeah. out on your lawn slathered in honey yeah <laughs> yes exactly he's got a bunch of picnic baskets around him. <laughs> Hey, boo boo. <laughs> this is what happens when a host is not available, and that's probably the reason why you have never missed a show. <laughs> well, <laughs> this week we are going to talk about the Jungle Cruise, as yeah. well as book four of the Art of the Adept series by Michael G. Manning. Yeah. And I might throw a little bit in there about a new show on Disney Plus that takes you behind the scenes of a bunch of their fam- Disney's famous rides. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of goes along with the Jungle Book thing. or I keep on saying Jungle Book. The Jungle Cruise. Th- I'm going to say Jungle Book 400 times. He so. he totally is. He, he texted in the notes Jungle Book like eight times before I was like, dude. Yeah. It's Jungle Cruise. Yeah, so I'm going to do that a lot, but it does. this new show does go along with it, and it's uh, enjoy it. So we'll talk about that. Excellent. So, since he's not here, I will give you the warning that this is, in fact, a review show. There's probably going to be some spoilers, especially when we talk about the Jungle Cruise. So, we'll try to avoid major twists, but we're probably going to spoil Jungle Cruise. So, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to, you might want to pause it and come back later. Don't say we didn't warn you. So... It's been a very weird news time with, uh, like, I search for a lot of stuff, and then every so often something comes up. It's been a lot of trailer news, a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. No major, major stuff, but there's been a couple things that that caught my eye, and I do, and we're not a wrestling show. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times when we watch movies that have something to do with it. 
or documentaries or whatever. Yeah, we we don't watch it as re- we used to watch it fairly religiously. Um, and then every so often, and I think I've said this on the show, it doesn't get it. It stops being fun when someone that you like passes away, or someone gets such severe brain trauma that they might possibly have murdered their entire. Oh, they did murder their entire family. That makes it significantly less fun. Or they break their neck, or... Yeah, because it's a dangerous, dangerous gig. Now, one of my... Not top, like, number one wrestler, but one of my favorite wrestlers is a dude named CM Punk. And I just always... I don't know, I just always liked his shtick. Uh, And and... see, I never... CM Punk never really did anything for me. I was like, eh. But I I, I think I probably slowed down or even stopped watching wrestling by the time he came along it was kind of weird i didn't mean this to happen but i think when he was was a quote-unquote good guy mm-hmm. you know face mm-hmm. that's when i watched a lot more and when he was a heel i would kind of back away but he happened to be almost i think he was one of those that's better as a heel but like he was always H. the type of heel that was kind of like a triple h where he was like so good at it you liked him still mm-hmm uh, so anyway, he is was a famous wrestler for WWE about 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago in late June. There was a big thing with him and John Cena, a name you guys probably recognize, if, even if you don't watch wrestling, because he's been in movies and stuff. There's a big feud, and he, you know, CM Punk put him through a table, or basically interfered in a match, and then he came down and he, he basically sat at the top of that big ramp. And he did his thing. And usually, when there's a lot of talking and stuff, I just kind of... That's when I get stuff done. I fast forward a little bit because I usually watch recordings. And I remember this one very distinctly. I was I was doing something and just – it sounded different than everything else. It sounded way less rehearsed and more real. And, of course, I always thought he was good. So I was like, wow, this dude's not just repeating something he practiced a million times in the locker room. And he basically was like, you know, everyone says John Cena is the best in the world, basically. And what he really is is best at kissing the boss's ass. He's just as good at kissing the boss's ass as Hulk Hogan. And they don't usually do that. Like, mm-hmm. they won't usually talk about wrestlers who aren't, aren't currently on the roster other than when they do the Hall of Fame stuff, right? Like, you don't hear people really reference, especially people that aren't with the company at that time because they're all about selling the T-shirts to the people that are with the company. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you're not nearly as good at kissing the boss's ass as Dwayne. And at that point, I was like, oh, because there are rules that you don't call The Rock – Dwayne back then especially and he keeps going and then he gets to a point where he starts starting to trash talk uh Vince McMahon and his microphone gets cut and still it's called the pipe bomb mm-hmm. and you like people don't know if it's a shoot meaning uh which is a term for basically a thing that is supposed to happen you know something that looks like it's all going wrong but it's really planned because it's wrestling and that's what it does Mm-hmm. A lot of people were basically under the impression that it was half scripted or half planned, and then he went off the rails because he was leaving soon anyway, and he was kind of pissed because he was forced to wrestle with a an injury earlier in the year. Um, anyway, he was off of WWE for a long time. He went off to do uh, mixed martial arts stuff. Well, there's a lot of talk that this guy is going to be coming back, not to WWE, but to... AEW, which is the, uh, I guess, the rival of mm-hmm. WWE. And I'll tell you, I haven't watched WWE in a long time. 
for no reason other than I just realized that I was fast-forwarding more stuff than actually watching. Because you watch a show, and it's uh, 60%, 70% replays of, like, you won't believe what just happened kind of stuff. <laughs> and I just wanted actual content. And I also realized that a lot of the people that I had liked in, in WWE, like Cody Rhodes, some of those people, um, went over to AEW and actually started founding it. So I did start watching that. Well, he might, but CM Punk is one of the most popular wrestlers in the world. Any wrestling event you go to, you're going to hear CM Punk chants. He might be going to AEW. I think that's kind of interesting. Just the news of this, because he is from Chicago. He is, has a giant Chicago tattoo on him. He's known in Chicago, and people love him there. Uh, just the thought that he might come back because AEW actually scheduled a one-hour show there just randomly in a in an arena that I think it's possibly where the Bulls play. It's a place that WWE won't even go because it's too big. Mm-hmm. It's sold out in 10 minutes. What For what was a minor league wrestling thing, what, two years ago, three years ago? Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting. They might actually have a, you know, WWE keeps on saying they're not a real rival. Oh, we don't pay attention to the little guys. Uh, they better be careful with that. Uh, they've also made a bunch of huge cuts. They cut Bray Wyatt this week mm-hmm. and there's a pretty good chance he'll go over there. Uh, what is your favorite type of wrestler? You know, there's like, you know, the, the spooky ones, like the undertaker, there's the, the brash kind of wrestler, you know, like the rock. What, is there like a special like you know they all have their own little storylines and stuff? There's the 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 comedy based ones. I honestly one of my one of my favorites was the um, I always had a soft spot for the supernatural ones. Yeah, um, but that kind of went away. Uh, the Undertaker was really the last holdout for that. Um, but the other one that I really liked was the, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The, I don't give so a it's shit. Like the, yeah. It's like the take, the take no, I want to say redneck, but I don't mean it in, in a bad sense. Like the take no shit redneck type. Yeah. Take yeah, no shit. Doesn't Southern give or... a shit who you are. He's going to tell you what he thinks. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Yeah. Kind of, there's a, a hangman. Adam Page is kind of in that role in. AEW. Mm-hmm. I was like the supernatural ones too. I was a big fan, even though I thought it was weird. I was a very big fan of like the the Edge and Christian like vampire types that came out uh, around. Them. What was it? The um, the Brood. Yeah, I like that Undertaker. I really liked uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's like Louisiana backwoods like minister cult. thing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I didn't realize that Bray Wyatt is actually the son of the guy that was the IRS agent. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw that the other day when he got released, but you never know with these things. He was actually the top, one of the top merch sellers, and he's gone. But I know we're talking too much wrestling here, but it was just – I just thought it was an interesting little thing that's that may or may not happen, and I wanted to bring it up because it is entertainment to a lot of people. Now, I, I will say, I know that CM Punk is one of your favorites, mm-hmm. but at the time that he was on – WWE. I mean, maybe I just didn't pay enough attention, but I don't think he was anywhere. I mean, yes, he was popular. Yes, he was. He he had his following, but I don't think he was anywhere as popular as like The Rock was, or or even um, possibly even John Cena. I mean, John Cena has a very large following 
And when I say following, I mean both good and bad. Like, mm-hmm. th- there were those who loved John Cena, and there were those who absolutely detested John Cena. But it was one way or the other, and it was a following. So, I mean, I to, for him to, to claim that, oh, well, you know, they're good at kissing ass. Well, th- they're also two of the most popular wrestlers currently uh, currently around. I mean, I get that he was popular, but I really don't think he was anywhere on the level of The Rock. Well, The Rock was already gone at this point. Like, right, but he, he was, was okay, still... Okay, wait, I want to I say gone from being a, a, a daily right, player. Right, And um, but but for him to call out The Rock for being a kiss-ass is like, really? I mean, he's... he's he, uh, whatever. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see the speech. I didn't I didn't know. But to call out The Rock after he's already gone for being a kiss-ass is... I'm like, really? Uh, okay, I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree, dude. I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, like, golden idols in wrestling that you're not supposed to touch unless it's part of a storyline. And I think Absolutely. it was more that. And I think, I think that's the point. That was kind of the thing. Like, the people that... It lo- happens... There was the people that love John Cena and then probably 50% hate. It, um, I mean... I always but, liked him. But see, that happens in every industry. I mean, just yeah. ask Tom Brady. Just ask any top flight quarterback. You you cannot touch them. I mean, it's th- that's just the way it is. You don't you don't mess with the cash cow. Well, yeah, but that's not that's not what he was saying. He was saying that they got to that point not because of skills, because of uh, in his mind, not because of skills, but because of kissing butt. And that's in some ways, you know, but, the, if you ask a a wrestling purist. Who is the best in the world? They're probably not going to say the ones that are the most popular. They're going to point out other ones. Like, I'm going to say something like, I love The Rock. I love John Cena, you know, because I don't know the behind the scenes stuff. Right. I think he was kind of pointing that out. But also, by the same token, you're not in a quote unquote wrestling profession. You're in a sports entertainment profession. And the fact that you're not the best, the best wrestler is completely irrelevant because it's all about entertainment. Mike. It's all about Mike. It's all about... Absolutely. It is 100%. It's entertainment first, wrestling second. They can teach you the wrestling. Teaching you the entertainment portion is a lot harder to do. There are people who are absolute naturals on the mic, and they will they will teach them to wrestle. If you can, if you can do well on the mic... Or they'll hide them behind a partner that can that's that's right. where you get that's where you get your managers and you know who one of the most entertaining people on the mic is currently well i don't know if he's still wrestling or not uh who our truth he's that fucking was ridiculous on the mic oh <laughs> uh, that's what that actually was who was part of that match that's our truth was going up against cena when when uh cm punk did it um i think he is still part of it i haven't i haven't seen in a while mm-hmm. but okay we gotta move on all right, let's move on. I do have a little bit of other news that I came across. Um, fans of South Park will be delighted to find out that Trey Parker and Matt Stone have just signed a $900 million deal to bring South Park to Paramount Plus stream. It it covers, uh, I was looking at it, it says it covers six more cycles 
South Park? Is that Seasons? I don't. I'm not I even sure so. what that is. They might do a weird season thing where it's like two seasons per year or something. I don't know. I have I I like that show, but I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. I, well, I'm not sure because the, the cycles may be different when it comes to like streaming providers. I'm not yeah. sure if cycle is considered a season or like yeah, I I don't know. Um, but it covers six more cycles of South Park and fourteen made for streaming movies. And Crazy. South Park hasn't done... done a movie since Bigger Longer Uncut. Yeah, so they've only done one. Yeah. Huh. My wife fell asleep on whatever she was watching the other night, and by the time I came to bed, that movie was on. So <sighs> Love that movie. So I walked in the bedroom to, like, you know, Flame Canada. <laughs> or Uncle Shut Fucker your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. So I have, I have Paramount Plus. I guess I will keep Paramount Plus. There you go. Check it out. South Park will be coming to Paramount Plus. Yeah. I think it's already there. Just the, I think the I, I'm pretty sure it's there because Comedy Central stuff is there. Mm-hmm. It just it must mean that there's going to be some exclusive content. Mm-hmm. And also of note, I believe there was a new uh, Venom trailer that dropped within the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Did you see that trailer? I did. It was posted in our patron-only chat. In our patron chat. So, real quick, side note, if you would like to join our patron chat, you can go to patreon.com slash give me five. There you go. (laughs) I'm so prepared. You can go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. And for just $5, you can get access to our Discord chat. You can get access to things like the movie that we'll be doing for the week. You get access to the top five list. You can even submit your own top five list. You'll also get a birthday episode where we do a special custom Top five lists about you. We need like a, you need like a symbiote that will actually just say the pa- the website when we mess up, like yeah. Venom. Right yeah. Guaranteed to be wildly inaccurate, and if it is accurate, we bear no responsibility. And there are higher ranges where you can get access to things like the show notes, and you can even come on for an episode and curate with us, pick the movie, and join us for an episode. Again, that's patreon.com slash give me five podcast, and we love. All of our patrons. All of our patrons. In fact, it was a patron who posted the Let There Be Carnage trailer in our Discord. Yeah, even we we even love the weird patron. We're all going to be discussing which one the weird one is. Yeah. And I I mean, I'm excited about this Venom movie. I want to see it. The trailer looks amazing. I'm kind of excited, too. Um, Carnage looks badass. They did a great job. The the casting for Carnage is great. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, I mean he plays Psycho so well, doesn't he? Right. Ever since uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Speaking of Psycho, like what I did there. Yeah. Sorry, I was putting my contact in, which was, I was oh. quiet. My contact fell out. Actually, my contact. Didn't fall out. I took it out because there was a um, a cat hair behind my contact on my eye, and it was not a pleasant feeling. Ooh. Yeah. This week oh, in boy. Welcome to Florida, we have a 33-year-old Davy man. He was arrested for allegedly impersonating a law enforcement officer. Now, what happened was... He had caused a disturbance at a Publix supermarket. 
don't they all? And and left in his motor vehicle. And <laughs> he was pulled over shortly after the disturbance where he claimed to be an agent with the FBI. And he even provided deputies with a false badge number and identification during the during the stop, the traffic stop. Now, all of that might be somewhat forgivable for somebody trying to get out of it, but this guy had some effing balls. Because he was claiming to be an FBI agent and giving all of this information while driving a fucking moped. (laughs) He was pulled over on a moped and said, no, it's all right, I'm an FBI agent. And the cop is like, really? There's no one that there's no FBI agent has ever been on a moped unless they were trying to chase down like someone in Italy. And it turns out that he was not an FBI agent, but he was a man who had a warrant on him in Broward County for trespassing. That's some balls. (laughs) I'm sorry. I saw that. I was like, wait, motherfucker was on a moped. Oh my god. No. Bro. <laughs> Stop it. I can't even with you. So Mr. Sean Haynes, you are this week's uh, Welcome to Florida. So much to say about. What's <laughs> like, are you shitting me? The cops I, like, yeah, we're we're going to run this ID. <laughs> we're going to check this. That might out. actually even be worse than a uh, like him being on a Segway. Or like a... Because like I picture him on this little pedal moped or whatever with the little biker helmet. <laughs> right. With like a like a pot leaf sticker on the back of the helmet. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, it's okay. I'm undercover as a moron. Maybe maybe one of those little rear view mirrors that's attached to the helmet. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got that. <laughs> Like, oh. oh, hey, officer, why don't you call in the home office? He tries to escape, and he gets, like, a cop and just looks up and is like, we can catch him in a second, <laughs> 15 feet ahead. Yeah. He, like, takes off. The cop walks back to his car, <laughs> sits in the car, looks at him for a second, and then drives, like, 20 feet and pulls him over again. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, we got, we already talked about patrons, so we're good there. We did. Uh, you get a chance to talk about a book because, as we are wont to do, if we've both seen something, we'd like to leave that for later so there can be more discussion. And I have not read this book. You haven't have read I, any of have, these books. Nor have I seen you listen, listen to these books. So I can't You haven't read any that. of these books, and I think you might like them. It, they're, they're very good. Um, I'm speaking of the Art of the Adept series written by Michael G. Manning. It is narrated by Tim Gerard Reynolds. And book four of the series came out on December 21st of 2020. I believe it came out just this year on Audible. I want to say it was um, June. I want to say it was June. It came out on Audible. And 
like I said, it's narrated by Tim Gerard Reynolds, and the running time, you know how I like how I like to get value for my for my credit. the The length of the book is twenty one hours and forty four minutes, so you get twenty one hours of quality Audible entertainment. And the synopsis is: War looms on the horizon, but Celine's training as a wizard must begin. Even though her age makes success nearly unatta- unattainable, Will searches for a solution, but their only hope may be a dangerous bargain with the king. The fate of two nations lie on Will's shoulders, and the future is paved with violence. With few options, he needs the aid of uncertain allies and dubious friends. Traitors lurk among them, and soon he will be forced to choose who to trust. So, I I really enjoyed this this one as well. This one had a little bit more a little bit more intrigue, a la like Game of Thrones political maneuvering and shit. Um, Will is starting to find his way into the politics of the kingdom. He's so far... So you'll say where there's a will, there's a way. There is. There is, in fact, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, Will is starting to find his way into the politics of the kingdom and starting to make a name for himself other than just the guy who married the princess. And I, I mean, I love these books. He... Michael G. Manning just continues to churn out stories that I'm absolutely riveted to. I I personally love this series. Is he an up and coming writer now? Is he? Uh, no, he's got quite a few books out actually. Okay. Um, I'm I'm strongly considering going back and checking out some of his other some of his other work because he's he's also done the series. I think it's called Mageborn, and it's um, is it Mageborn? No, maybe I'm mixing that up with another series. He he has a couple of other series out, and he's gotten a lot of a lot of accolades for the other series. Um, now with with this particular book, there do seem to be numerous negative reviews. I mean, none of which I really had any problem. The, I mean, there there are several areas where certain lines in the book are very obviously re-recorded, as like the pitch changes or like the recording quality is somewhat different. And there are a lot of people who latched onto those and gave the book bad ratings because of it. I mean, I personally wasn't affected that much by the change, by the... It, and it can be a little bit jarring at times, I will admit that. But even so, I mean, it never really took me out of the story all that much. His first series is Mageborn. That's the first. It is Mageborn. Okay, I wasn't uh... sure if Mageborn was the title of that, um, of that, other, of that other series by... What's his name? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> wow. It's awesome Mistborn. When you go, when, Mistborn when you, is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, when you go into uh, a bookstore and you're like, I need that uh, series by what's-his-name. You the- joke. I was <laughs> – I when I worked at Blockbuster, I was the resident movie guru, as I believe you were at yours. Mm-hmm. Um, at my Blockbuster, I was the resident movie guy. I was the guy that everybody came to. I kid you not. I had some guy walk in once and be like, yeah – they told me to come talk to you because I'm looking for a particular movie. And I'm like, all right, hit me with it. What do you got? He's like, I don't know the name of it, but it stars this guy and this girl. And they did this thing. And I'm like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> and I had I had no idea. So I just threw out a movie that was popular at the time that had a guy and a girl who went and did something. And I swear to God, the guy was like, that's it. I was like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I am the master. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a very similar situation happen. This really big dude, like re- I had no idea who he was. Um, 
but he was significant. You could tell he was something that involved being large. He came over. <laughs> okay. He's like, he's like, yo, yo, bro. Uh, he had a little bit of an accent too. He's like, yo, uh, what's that? There's a movie with like two dudes and they talk funny. And I'm like, and they're they're like out to get chicks. I'm like, swingers. He's like, yeah, bro, that's it. And it, it turned out he was uh, the a defenseman for the Panthers. Like the, mm. Back when they were like super good, it's like I, for obvious reasons, I can't remember his last name, like the actual last name. It's like Jankowski or something. But you, you, Rob knows why I can't remember any other Jankowski name. Yeah. Uh, but it's something. It's like Stefan or Stephen Jankowski or whatever. But uh, J- Jan- no, Janikowski. Yeah. No, that was the kicker. Yeah, it wasn't the f- kicker for FSU. But either way, yeah. Anyway, onward, onward. Um, so, like I said, I mean, I w- really wasn't affected by the by the audio complaints all that much. And then, of course, you've got your usual, this author sucks, guys, and, you know, the story's forced, I hate the character. But in, in this book, I absolutely saw where the main character was making, uh, where his decisions were coming from. I understood them, even if I thought they were wrong. And, you know, I, I kind of lamented a little bit. I'm like, no, Will, what are you doing? Stop. Uh. And... I mean, I love this series. I can't wait for the next book. And it may be a while yet because he says he's no workload. I'm like, shit. So I've got to find something else to listen to. But Jovanowski. It was Ed Jovanowski. That's what it was. Jovanowski. There you go. There you go. Um, one of the things that I love about this series is is I still love the author's twist on Wizards. And how the modern wizards have, quote-unquote, forgotten their power due to the easy way being viewed as the best way, even though it's vastly inferior. And what I mean by that is, in this world, you can either put in a lot of work and learn to be a wizard, or you can just bind an elemental to yourself and draw power from them. Now, the problem is, is by doing that, you don't actually learn how to be a wizard. And in fact, wizards are looked down upon even though they're far more powerful. The the true wizards are far more powerful. And they explain all of this in the novels and I I cannot recommend this series enough. This is actually currently one of my favorite series if not my favorite. Very much enjoyed this book. Nice. Well, from wrestling to fantasy. Uh we're going to go to uh, a theme park-based movie. Hmm. Which, I mean, there's it's interesting, because after Pirates of the Caribbean came out, they kind of tried a bunch of other ones. Haunted Mansion. Uh, was was that after one? Pirates, or was that before Pirates? Actually, I'm not sure. Uh, it was around the same time, but it was not good. No. The Eddie Murphy and it one seems you're like, about, right? And it seems like, yeah, that would be the easiest one to make good. Uh, but anyway, The Jungle Cruise, not The Jungle Book, came out. And it was in the movie theaters. It was on Disney+. Plus, and it's in our notes as soon as I find it. There we go. They were both 2003, by the way. Oh, okay. Pirates and Haunted Mansion were both 2003. Gotcha. Uh, July 30th, 2021, directed by Hwam, I don't know what how they pronounce J-A-U-M-E, Hwam Kaliet Sarah, starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, 
Jack Whitehall, Jesse Plemons, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, synopsis. Based on Disneyland's theme park ride, where a small riverboat takes a group of... And it could be Disney World, too. A uh, group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural element. Uh, I w wanted this to be good. I, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't good, but I was really excited about this movie because one of my little sub-genres sub of movies that I like are the jungle adventure movie. Mm. Gotcha. Like, I love them. I love... Uh, if it involves, like, pushing, like, a old rock into a wall and fucking arrows come out of, like, a skull mouth, sign me Indiana up. Indiana Jones. If there's, like, a room full of snakes or a mudslide that, that you know, someone goes down, it, it, just any of that stuff. Greg unless, Indiana Jones. Unless there's a crystal skull. Oh, my God. We don't speak of that. Fuck you, but, Chris. But I, I just love those. I mean, I like National Treasure. It's not really a jungle movie, but you get the point. Uh, so what do you think? I, I like you. I really wanted this movie to be good, and I, I'll just get it out of the way. I was not disappointed. I really enjoyed this movie. in In the beginning of it, they really leaned into the cheesiness of the ride, and they totally pulled it off. Mm -hmm. the The Rock running the 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 tour boat down the down the river. Doing all of the cheesy ass jokes from the ride, mm -hmm. and getting the looks from the from the patrons, you know the eye rolls and the oh my god, uh, I, did he really say that? Oh, I'm gonna point. I'm gonna point out some of the plants, and, he and then he just points. Yeah, and and Jen nearly lost her shit when he did the backside of water bit, but it looks like the front side. Yeah, but it's the backside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, that's a bigger the, deal than I thought it was because I, I somehow not paid attention to that and mm -hmm. my wife was like oh it's a backside of water and then there's it, a whole th and then something I'm going to talk about briefly there they talk about that a lot as well so it's kind of funny the, that I somehow have glossed over like I knew it was a thing but I just didn't think it was the thing oh it's totally the thing um, the, the movie itself was a lot of fun and The Rock and Emily Blunt really had great chemistry I thought they were excellent together in the movie. Poor John Krasinski. Yeah, screw you, John. <laughs> I like John Krasinski. I do, but too. His, but Emily Blunt is his wife, and like now he has to, like, he has to wail on his pecs and abs. Mm -hmm. like, be as big as The Rock. That's so, yeah, I definitely like, like that aspect of it, that they threw the humor in there. I always love references back to the rides. I think they actually changed the ride in... I think the reason why it mentions Disneyland in the synopsis, mm -hmm. I think they branded Jungle Cruise Disneyland as more based on the movie. Just kind of like what they did with Pirates of the Caribbean, where they dropped a bunch of Johnny Depp animatronics in there. Uh-huh. So I think that's what they did. I have, n I have not had a chance to do like one of those virtual ride-throughs or anything. But from what I know, that's they added some stuff from it. Uh, one thing they did add is a Conquistador helmet the like the station where you where you're right about to get onto the ride like the oh really where they put like the computer that that controls the system there's mm -hmm. a conquistador helmet there now okay and nice little touch yeah and one of the big things about this and I'll we'll talk about the other big thing about it in a second there is a supernatural element like we said 
the supernatural Spoilers. element. It does involve conquistadors, and they are. Would you use the word mutated? No. They're what? Are they cursed? Well, they're cursed, but they they look like various portions of the jungle. There's one that's like muddy, that's constantly mm-hmm. flowing mud. There's one that's like basically made out of beehives, and there's one that's like tree like. And so they're they're cursed, and because of that, it does remind me a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, it definitely does have a pirates vibe to it. So while I enjoyed it, and I'm gonna, I've already watched it twice because I watched it at home, so I have it for everyone will have it in a few months. But um, I'm able to watch it more than once. You know, it's definitely. There's a lot of parts where I'm like, wow, that's, you know, they're cursed. They're trying to get a thing to make the curse not happen, which is exactly like Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's almost like they're like, well, this worked for this movie. Let's do it for this one. But they do it so well that it doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's a story like any other story. Right. And how I mean, how spoilerific are we going with this? I want to build up to it. In fact, I can. I know what you're obviously getting at. Okay, so mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, go away. But I'm going to build up to what you're going to say, and I'm going to let you say it. Okay. My one thought going into this when I first saw the trailer, I see The Rock as a lot of things, or Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. I see him as a lot of things. I never, ever see him as down on your luck or down on his luck. Correct. Because he's huge. Yeah. He's in great shape. He's charismatic as hell, even when he's trying not to be. Like, you know, he'd be, like, popping his head out of the engine room covered in, like, with smoke and soot and whatever, and he's still charismatic. And very good looking. So I was like, how is he going to be the owner of this really crappy jungle boat, and why is he going to be there? Like, that was the casting that I was like, really? I mean, I'm always happy to see him in movies. I got to tell you, though, um, uh, personality-wise... He was spot on. He was perfect for this role. Oh, yeah. I mean... But I'm talking he, about when I saw the trailer. I was like, how is that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I just wanted to comment right here that for... Even though he's a gigantic dude, he was spot on perfect personality-wise for this role. Almost like, like Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. The Rock. Yeah. It, you've got the same comparison for The Rock for this role. It was it, just perfect. He fit naturally. Mm-hmm. So here's where the actual spoilers come in, Rob. I just said come in, Rob. <laughs> yeah, you did. We'll do that later. Wait, what? I'm quarantining. I'm sorry, who, what? I'm quarantining forever now. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what is what is the spoiler here? Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I was distracted. Um, so. I have concerns. And and you're right. I don't really buy him as the down on your luck. And I'm like, man, he's really kind of he he seems a bit out of place um, as far as as far as running the 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 old rundown boat or whatever. Um, come to find out, The Rock is also spoilers. Spoiler alert: The Rock is also one of the conquistadors who is cursed. And he's trying to find a way out. He's trying to follow, track any lead down that he can. And it's been going for, what was it, 300 years, Greg? I think so. 
like three, four hundred years, something like that. He's been tracking and navigating and and mapping every inch, every turn, every estuary of the river that they're on. It's the Amazon River, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's piranhas. Yeah, every every turn, every estuary, every every little nook and cranny of the Amazon River. He spent four hundred years mapping in an effort to figure out how and where he needs to go to try and break this curse. Yeah. And as the movie unfolds, you get a little bit more story about about how the how the curse came to be and how the rock got separated from I, I know I keep calling him the rock. I mean he'll always be the rock. It's Dwayne yeah. Johnson, but he'll always be the rock. How he got separated from the other three guys and how their mentalities are different and everything like that. So very 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 well constructed story they they knew what they were doing when they did this and they laid it out i think pretty well i was looking for the name of the character he was he's frank wolf is his actual name isn't it actually like fernando or yeah, uh Fran- francisco francisco wolf. that's right yep so yeah, so basically because of, of this curse, I think he has to also be within view of the river right. at all times as part of that that curse as well. Uh, the graphics for the curse, you know, for the cursed people looked really good. The the honey one was particularly gross. Uh, like <laughs> yeah, the fact but, that he was always eating himself. But he had a great line when the, when the three guys were together talking about trying to break the curse. He's like, this is disgusting. And he goes, speak for yourself. I am delicious. And yeah. he like takes a bite of it. Or, like, licks the honey off of his finger. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. It's interesting, because while I was watching it, you would get to get lost in it, and the, you know, the, the, it looks really good. There's, the the set pieces look great. You know, like, the, the big action sequences with all the jumping from cargo boat to cargo boat and swinging on ro- ropes and all that stuff all look really good. And then you'll meet a villain, and... I'm so used to when I watch these adventure movies, they're over the, the villains are always over the top. And like the Paul Giamatti character, for example, and the Jesse Plemons character, like oh, they're, God, I they're, loved both of them though. Like, uh, like they were great, but I was like, I was always, they were always like understated. They were, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. They weren't like, they were still overstated, understated, but like they weren't as super villainous as they would have been if it was like a, a non Disney movie. That they were sense. they were over the top but they weren't they weren't in your face about it if that makes sense like they they overacted the shit out of their characters but it worked yeah it it wasn't like it was bad overacting it was just like they took what they were told to do and played it up to like the 10th degree yeah and Jesse Plemons is a really good actor. If you don't know who that is, he was. I he, first he, saw him on Friday Night Lights, but he was also in Breaking Bad, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He was also in a movie that we did here on the podcast, Game Night. He was the creepy uh, cop neighbor. Yep, yep. And Paul Giamatti fit right into the like sleazy oh, boat owner yeah. role. He's good. I mean, both those dudes are good in everything. Um, I just it was just a fun movie. It was just a, you know, it's. I didn't watch it outside because of large amounts of allergens. <laughs> it was it's been raining nonstop for the past oh I don't know three months here, 
but I'm gonna probably watch it again outside just because I think it'll be kind of cool watching it. I live near the woods. It, it was a uh, it was a bit of Jungle Book with a dose of Pirates of the Caribbean and a dash of Indiana Jones or National Treasure. Yep. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So if you're into that sort of thing, you should uh, watch it. We totally were. I like I said, I I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, Jen and I went and actually saw it in the theater. Um, great experience, by the way. the The theaters aren't horribly horribly congested yet. So if you're if you're on the fence, oh, but apparently there's like a nationwide back order on mozzarella sticks. Hmm? Yeah. There's there's like a not a, a nationwide shortage on mozzarella sticks. I'm gonna for murder theaters. my financial advisor. My fa- financial advisor. He should have just told me like get your money in mozzarella sticks now. Exactly. And and you know I tried to get some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> they're like no. They're they're there's a nationwide shortage. I'm like wait the mozzarella stick because I could probably go to Fridays and get some. I yeah. mean, um, that's weird. But. The, and and then I was like, well, what about chicken tenders? And they're like, no, all fried foods. I'm like, are you shitting me? How am I going to come to the theater and not get my mozzarella sticks or chicken fingers or whatever? Y'all suck. And I know people are out there going, why don't you just get popcorn, you bitch? <laughs> I didn't want popcorn. I wanted mozzarella sticks. Okay. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention here is the new show on Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction. Hmm. Have you seen this yet? Watched it yet? I have not. You were telling me about it today, and I might have to check it out. I've only watched one episode. It is a multi-series episode, but it basically takes you behind the creation of the ride. And they have—it's Disney, so they have all this archival footage. I mean, we're talking a big dirt field with someone sticking a shovel in the ground, and that's the same exact hole that became the river for the Disneyland Jungle Cruise. Uh, They show that. It's— they do a bunch of different rides. I've the first one is Jungle Cruise. The second one is Haunted Mansion, and my son loves that ride, so that's why I stopped watching because I'm gonna watch it with him. I think one of my weird this is I don't know maybe you, maybe you like this too, but it, it's just a weird part about me. I actually kind of like getting stuck on the rides at Disney, like as long as it's not for there's two things it can't be for a very long time, mm-hmm. and the air conditioning better still be working. I and I will add a caveat to that. It's always cool when you get evacuated from a ride. Yeah, I've, get, I haven't run into that. But I, I've, been, I've been evacuated uh, once or twice. Not, It doesn't happen often, but Jen lives for those ones. Like She hopes that the Haunted Mansion breaks down so that she can be evacuated and get to walk out through the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, so I got I did get stuck for about 20 to 30 minutes in the, the dinner-slash-ballroom scene at the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. So you get to sit there and actually see, like the ride was still going, this the cars weren't moving. You could actually see all of the in, interactions and stuff like that. What's also cool is you get if you are in that spot, if you look back over your shoulder, you can actually see down through the track and see the repair room, which is like there's a bunch of just bins with like labels and it's probably like fuses and mm-hmm. wires and stuff like that. Just and. You know, when you're a kid, it's all you're there for the imagination. Me as an adult, yeah, I still like the imagination part, but I'm like, okay, how did they do that? I want to see behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. And this this show does it. Um, you know, there's the first one that's all I can speak to. It talks about how like they needed trees, 
So the the Jungle Cruise is one of the very first rides they did because they're using real trees. They can't just plant a bunch of trees and expect it to be growing because you're going to be able to see it, like, you know, little scrawny-ass trees. Mm-hmm. So they started that a year before anything else. And they went around to, in California, and they, like, were building the freeways and stuff. So they went and stole trees from the land that they were building the freeways on and basically said, hey, look, we'll clear out these trees for you. Just let us have them before you break them. Uh, there's a famous tree apparently in the queue that's like a big palm tree that mm-hmm. was actually in someone's house, like someone's front yard, and the, the guy ended up – I don't remember. The way they made it seem is that the guy donated it, but I think that they actually bought the guy's Stole farm. <laughs> no, I think they got the bought the guy's farmland that had the tree on it and just left it where it was. Um, but it's still there to this day, and this is from like the like 1959 or something when they started. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about you know the animals, talking about you know they used to actually literally drive a boat around. It wasn't on a track, and they talk a lot about how Walt Disney saw he went on one of the early rides, and the guy saw Walt Disney there and freaked out and went too fast. So. They added, like, a clock to everyone's thing to make sure that every single person got a good version of the ride and didn't wait in line. And then instead of the eight-minute ride, got the four-minute ride because someone was trying to get home. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff like that. If you are a Disney fan and you don't make, you know, I think it's like eight episodes, seven episodes, I don't know. But you don't make time to do this, you're you're not a Disney fan. I declare mm. it right now, you're not. So. When did it did it say when they started adding like the cheesy jokes and shit? They do talk about that um, because I I, I don't re- I remember going on this ride as a kid and I don't remember the the cheesy cheesy jokes until later. You know what I mean? Yeah, they started adding those in. I think there's a couple little stories in here. I think that was because Walt had overheard someone saying, "We've already been on this ride before." Um, like a parent saying to the kids, we've already been on that. There's no reason to go on it again. So that's when they decided to add the cheesy jokes, but let the various people ad lib the dad jokes okay. so that it was a similar situation for everybody. Cause you want a similar situation so that someone's not like, you know, I went to the jungle cruise and the guy didn't say anything versus, Oh, it was great. The guy was making jokes. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to be similar, but they wanted people to be able to ad lib. So I think that's kind of when, but I forget the air. I forget the year. Um, that that happened. Mind you, I watched this at like you know two to three in the morning one night. So, so you don't remember much. I remember the earlier parts of it, but at the point that I realized, yeah, my kid's gonna love this show. I decided mm-hmm. that I was that me being a little drowsy is not a big deal because I know I'm gonna be watching it again. Gotcha. So yeah, that's that. Uh, and that's the show. That show I was talking about was called Behind the Behind the Attraction, by the way. It came out on July 21st. Of this year? Yeah. Because there's, there's another couple of things on there that that um, do do something similar. It's like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, there's the ones with the props, where they like go and find props and refurbish them. Like the parasol from Mary Poppins or the... Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I, re- I distinctly remember one about... Um, Maybe it wasn't about the actual rides. Maybe it was about like the parks and stuff. Yeah, they did one about the parks too. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the parks itself, not the. Well, actual, it was like, the whole. Ride. It was about the parks, but it wasn't just like this show is about Epcot. This show is about that. It was kind of Disneyland, the, Disney World. 
Yeah, it was kind of like the eras of it, if I remember correctly. And, would... and the behind-the-scenes stuff going into, uh, you know, procuring the land and yeah. everything that, that they went through to set everything up. And it, it, more of the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like MGM at the time. Yeah. Being but all like, the, well, but people, the whole time you... you're getting behind-the-scenes looks at, at, at a yeah. lot of the stuff. Yeah, and it's all good for Disney fans, especially if you're not able to get out there. Okay, so... I'm going to close out the show here uh, next week, Monday. We're going to talk about the best movie we've ever talked about on this show. <laughs> it's because still better than A Sound of Thunder. We can't make fun of him right now because he's not here. No, we can he, totally make fun of him. I don't give a shit if he's here or not. He's currently this movie sit- is still better than A Sound of Thunder. He's currently sitting uh, sitting with like bags of frozen peas on his on his nuts. Uh, anyway, we are going to talk about you the... you for trying to have sex with a mule. Yeah. You're going to do the Care Bears movie. You're going to say sex with a mule right before I say the Care Bears movie. That's good. There's no... There's there's some algorithm out there that is now putting me on a watch list. <laughs> Care Bears movie part three. Not because we want to, but because we are doing the summer of 87, and we have to. Because I didn't look ahead when I picked the summer of 87... Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sweet, RoboCop, Predator, Adventures of Babysitting. And Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland. Yeah, so Care Bears 3 is Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland. We are going to cover that on Monday. It might be a 20-minute episode because I don't remember if I actually watched the movie or if I just had a bad LSD trip. God, was it boring? It was. And I don't like musical as it is, musicals as it is, especially if this, the music is terrible. And this was. So that's happening on Monday. Uh, you guys can like, subscribe, review us. If you like us, of course, give us a five-star review. That is super helpful. Uh, and if you want to contact us, you can check out all of our information at Gibby5podcast.com. Or you can just search for the Gibby5podcast on any of these social media things, except TikTok, because we are not 15-year-old girls, despite what Rob tells people on uh, – uh, uh, Shh. We're giving away my secrets. I don't know. I don't know what's on uh, – Tinder? No, that would be bad. Grinder. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, check us out on any of those things. Uh, as usual, spell out the word five. And thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. To a